The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Good afternoon and happy Friday to everyone. Brad and I are filling in for Jalen Nye, who will be back on Monday, but we sincerely appreciate you hanging out with us this week. We've had a lot of fun, haven't we, Brad? Yeah, it's been a good time. And speaking of fun, we uh, we have the Fringe coming up. And Brad, do you go to the Fringe oh, yeah. very much? Yeah, I go to the Fringe every year. I try to get in one or two shows, more the uh, the 18-plus crowd shows. Whoa, you are a wild one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, the, the theater, it's always an interesting experience. And the shows I've been to have been, uh, they've been, they've been a mix of, of comedy and, uh, and drama. So it's, it's always been a great time. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's so many options and just the, the feeling and the atmosphere of being down there is an experience in itself. I love the Fringe. And speaking of the Fringe, who better to talk about what a wonderful time it is then Murray Yudis who is the artistic director of the Edmonton Fringe Festival hi Murray how are you really well how are you guys this Friday we are doing wonderful now we have to ask a theme has been chosen for the fringe this year has it not oh it sure has it sure has can you take us into what it might be well you know what I think I'm going to let you behind the curtain and tell you that uh, the two nine the 2019 edition is going to be called where the wild things fringe where the wild things fringe marie and this isn't a decision that you just you know you sit at home and and you dwell on it and you wonder and and think about it and go you know what yeah it's going to be where the wild things fringe this is a this is a voter's voice now into this uh into this theme it is and we have such what i love about our city the most is how committed it is to our festivals and especially how committed they are to the fringe so we put a call out after the festival closes last, so we're like, we'll just back up a year. We finished the festival in September. We put the submission call out. So the public has an ability to give us submissions, of which we reach 900 submissions, okay? And from that point, we're like, okay, well, we have to vote on them. Like we have to, now that we've got all these, we gotta, we gotta vote, to which a list comes out and that's about a top 100. And then the public goes back to work on that. And then they pretty much take that down to um, uh, a top sort of 10 list of, of, of what those names are and they're voted upon. And then we take that and um, our volunteers, and our board of directors and our staff, then they vote um, on each of them. But every now and again, you'll see one that comes across that you go, you know what? This one's special. Like, I feel like it's got a really good chance. And I felt that way about this one as it was going through the process. And in each one of those processes, I was not wrong. It was just at the top of the list. And just, like, really there was so much space between the voting of it and the next you know, closest one to it. And there are still some good suggestions in there. So it speaks wildly to how people really wanted this one to happen. That process honestly sounds like voting on a bill in U.S. Congress. Like you, st- <laughs> you started out with you started out with 900 suggestions, <laughs> then you break it down to 400, then to 200, then to 100, then finally down to the one final choice. I mean, walk us through how many how many days does that take? Oh, you know what? That takes a long time. Like that's why we give ourselves. But we started in September, and 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 really, like the, we're probably down to the final voting on that list um, in the new year. Like it, it really does go through a process of how that of how that's going to be, you know. And then and then from that point, then we get to uh, we get to take down the vote. And then wh- what we like is we like to get it done usually by February, so that we can have a nice little package together by the time we make the announcement in May, you know. Marie, I was I was going to ask: Is there a record holder for someone who's been to the most shows during one fringe stretch? Okay, so our frequent fringers—they're like 
if you think about some recent history, and I remember I was talking with one of them, they said, I've slowed down, Mary. I'm only seeing like 40 or 45 shows now, right? Um, I think I have heard tell that there has been someone to see somewhere in the 65 to 70 show range. That's unreal. How do you do that? Like, wow. How many shows a day is that? You know what I mean? Like, that is a lot of commitment. Holy crow. You talked about uh, the process, Maria, of naming the festival. So that's, you know, component one. Component two, you have to accept a certain number of shows, and that's also a process in itself as well. Yeah. So um, we ha- and there's two ways um, that, are, that, 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 that artists get into the festival uh, from an indoor show component. We have um, a lottery that takes place um, at the end of November every year, where we draw um, 107, and we and then when and those are like uh, the, the the festival managed venues. Those are the ones that we are responsible for, and the artists get into that venue. And then in the new year, we open up another application that we call our Bring Your Own Venue application, where it's artist driven. The artists connect with the venue, and then they make their application to us, and 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 we receive that. And and so that's really what makes up you know, the massive amount of shows that are. And speaking of the wild theme that we have this year, what's also wild is the number of shows we have this year, you guys. Like, we've been growing a little bit, both in in tickets being used and and some shows going along, but this year it's staggering. Are you ready for this? We're ready. Okay. 264 shows. The closest we've ever been to that number was like 227. How is that even possible? How is it even possible? But it it runs August 15th to August 25th. Are you you're fitting all those shows in that time frame? Yes. Wow. Murray, no. you know what that is? That's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. It's monstrous. That's what that is. It's monstrous. Okay, so now this is kind of overwhelming for a future fringe goer. What like what is our game plan? What is our plan of attack for for getting in as many shows as possible? Okay. The first thing that you need above all else in your like, and I call it like in your in your fringe kit, right? You got to have your you got to got to get you're gonna have to get the fringe boot camp. We're gonna offer fringe boot camp this year as part of like. So if you've never done it before, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want you to come to fringe boot camp, and you're gonna learn the ins and outs of what you're gonna need. But tools that you need, if you can't make that, here's what I would suggest: you have to have the program guide. That is your absolute. Um, document that you need. There's there's just nothing else that you need more than to have that in your hands to know what you're doing. Okay. Also bring some water and a hat because it gets really, really hot as you're waiting in line to get into shows, right? Now you want to know, well, how do I how do I find a show that I like? How do I know what I'm gonna like? And that's what I love about the fringe, man. You just take a chance. So if you don't want to like think about that or do any of that, then you just go to our website and we have a randomizer. You can hit the button and it will kick a show out for you and you just buy a ticket to that show and go and take that chance and be wild, you know? Murray, we want to get into more of the wild things happening at Where the Wild Things Fringe, but we have to take a break. Are you able to stick around on the line? Sure. All right, perfect. That is Murray Udis coming back with more in just a few minutes, Artistic Director of the Edmonton Fringe Festival. A very happy Friday to you, Ched listeners. Brad Whisker and I filling in for Jalen Nye. She will be back on Monday, but we have so enjoyed spending the week with you. Now, just as a note, we are keeping an eye on the wildfire situation, and we will continue to provide you with updates throughout the afternoon. But right now, we're taking a bit of a detour. We're talking to Murray Udis, the Artistic Director at the Edmonton Fringe Festival. Murray, hello again. 
Hello again. We're back. We're back. You sound so excited. I love it. Okay, quick (laughs) note. Over the break, Murray, someone texted in, do you ever get compared to Will Arnett in your voice? Has anyone ever said that to you before? Yes, and uh, I've heard it a few times. Um, uh, I was in a a Starbucks, and uh, one of the... One of the people in there uh, was, was uh, making me a copy. He was like, "Did anybody ever tell you you sound like Will Arnett?" So I guess, I guess, I guess me and Will, we got it going on, and I like it. I think because he's a pretty cool, dude. Matt, so I'll take it. Murray, it's that it must be that Will Arnett sounding voice that made it a record-breaking year last year at the Fringe with eight hundred and seventeen thousand site visits and a close to one hundred thirty-four thousand tickets sold. That's incredible. It's incredible, like this, the, the growth of it. And considering, like, the smoke was there last year, too, right? But it just, it does not deter the spirit of our festival going public, man. They just get behind it. We come alive. I think it's because we, we put up with so much in winter, right? I think that's what happens. So. Yeah, no kidding, yeah. man. Like, yeah. <laughs> this last winter was brutal. And hopefully, oh, wow. Hopefully, oh, yeah, let's get out. Hopefully, we're getting the smoke out of the way early yeah. this year, and it doesn't come in August this time around. Mm-hmm. You betcha. We just need some rain. We need a the big old rain to show up and just take care of us. Yeah, you but, bet. But not during the time when the fringe is actually on. We want it except before we're, except and directly the after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Murray, can you can you let us in to what the actors who are putting on these shows are doing for preparation? Like, how much time goes into putting on each individual show? Oh man, and and so what's really awesome about the fringe too is anything can happen and it will. And you will, um, in, in some ways, if you're making a show, if you're actually like from scratch, going to put a show together, and I'm going to put it on in the fringe, well, you better give yourself at least 18 months to accomplish that beat, right? So if it's brand new work, you're like, you know, you've started it before you even know if you're going to get in or how you're going to get in. So you're, you're, you're working on that, right? You're making that new show happen. If you're really um, wild, you might be able to accomplish that in a year, right? But you're, you're looking at that sort of aspect. Um, most everyone else, is they're, they're, they're going to have a show in mind when they apply in November if they're doing the lottery. So they're going to be thinking about it and getting it ready, thinking about the design of it. And then and then they'll start to cast it and, and get it ready to start rehearsals. And they'll start rehearsals usually somewhere dependent on, on how they're going to do it. If they're going to get together in an intense period of time or they're going to spread it over time. Like I know there's rehearsals that are, have been underway since like the long weekend. And what they're doing is they're spreading that out because they've maybe got some other summer commitments and they're going to find the time to keep putting it together. But man, oh man, it takes a long time to get a show together. You know, if you look at the professional world, you're, you're eight hours a day, six days a week, and, and you're three to four weeks uh, in a rehearsal period before turning into performance. So you spread that out over and it's a, it's a two to three month sort of journey of, of getting that together. And then we've got the ones that are coming across the country that are visiting other festivals. And they tell me too that they're forever improving as they're going and, 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 and rewriting as they test it with audiences and, 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 and get going. And, and everybody also, they, they make sure that their show is ready by the time they arrive in Edmonton because Edmonton is the stop. You know, we are the largest and the oldest and people and artists are like, yes, we're coming. And we're, what's unique about us, you guys, we have audience all day long. From noon through to the last show that goes in at 11.59 p.m., there is audience 
around. And that is something that's very unique to some of the other festivals. Some of the other festivals don't open until 5 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? No, and that's exactly it, Marina. I remember we had this conversation last year, and I brought up the outdoor programming, and I, I remember you laughing because I, I brought up the Kids Fringe, and I brought out the outdoor artists. But the part that made you laugh was when I asked about the demand for food vendors to get <laughs> on site. And I know that's a process in itself, too, because they cram in there. Yes. Yes, they do. And, and, and it is also very much like uh, the application process that we do for the shows. There is demand um, um, for those vendors to get in here, right? And we've got to think about um, uh, all the kinds of food that we can bring. And But there's the staples that just have to be there. And we know that if, if we did not provide one of those staples, we'd be in big trouble, let me tell you. If right? you green onion cakes? Oh, yeah, man, I, man. I was just about to say, if you don't have green onion cakes, this is not going to be a record-breaking year. <laughs> People will immediately turn around and try to get a refund for those tickets. They need their fill of green onion cakes. Well, speaking yeah, of... Too bad. Speaking of these like these slots being filled, it, it's almost like getting a spot in the Edmonton International Fringe Festival is is like getting welcomed to into this this exclusive club. Where you know once once you're in, everybody else that's there, they're welcome to come on down. You know what I mean? Like it's like so it's like once you get there, you're ready to share it with the world, and the world arrives, and and, and our community gets behind it, and everybody shows up and and gets green onion cake and, uh, and has some fun. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty awesome. But you're right, man. If we didn't have green onion cakes, me sounding like Will Arnett would not matter anymore. <laughs> we will take Will Arnett, but we would love green onion cakes instead. <laughs> if we have to choose between the two. Yes. Murray, uh, where can we uh, head to get tickets to the Fringe Festival? Okay, well, they are going to go on sale uh, noon on August 7th. And uh, for all that information, you just head to our website at fringetheater.ca. Perfect. Murray, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out of your busy day to tell us where the wild things fringe. You betcha. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, guys. All right, that was Murray Yudas, Artistic Director of the Edmonton Fringe Festival. Doesn't that just get you excited for the summer? Well, I mean, if Murray doesn't get you excited to go to Edmonton Fringe, I mean, the passion and the excitement in his voice. And this is the time of year that I, I talked to him as well last year. And he was telling me about the work that he does day in and day out. That guy, Murray... I guarantee you, for probably the last six months or so, has been doing 18 to 20-hour days. And it sounds like he has, he has woken up just a couple of hours ago. He's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But behind the scenes, like he's exhausted, but he's just so passionate about that festival and making sure that every year it's the best product, the best shows, and the best experience for everybody that goes down there. I mean, 817,000 site visits last year in 10 days. Yeah, they're not messing around. And he, also on that note, thinking of the work that, that the performers are putting in to make all these shows happen. Edmontonians are amazing. Every single time we speak to someone putting on a festival, doing something innovative, it, 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 it you step back and you're like, these people are also doing probably full-time jobs on top of this, these performers, and then oh, you're yeah. coming home, maybe grabbing like a light snack of green onion cakes, and you're heading to work to do more more of what you love. Well, and you heard him say, I mean, you know, for folks that are ambitious, it's 12 months of preparation for those not to say that that they're trying to be over prepared but they want to feel confident especially those who are showing up for the first time this is their first run of the fringe circuit like 18 months so you're preparing during the previous year's fringe festival in anticipation 
for the next year's festival to make sure that your product is good and that you make sure that everybody that shows up has the best time possible. And we certainly do. We oh, can a, we can attest time. that we have the best time possible. And we eat our green onion cakes and everybody's happy. I like I said, I'm excited to see this is gonna it's gonna be great. Um, all right, we are going to take a quick news break to get an update on the wildfire situation, and Brad and I will have more information uh, coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, tickets, as Murray said, go on sale for the Edmonton Fringe Festival August 7th, and it runs August 15th to the 25th. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.